Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the official Chala Toys podcast on Grapple Arcade. I am Pablo, and with me is the boat, my Blake. Uh, it's Brian Solomon. Hello. Wow, you really, you really threw me off that. Could I could I be the skip to your zip? Could we do that? <laughs> this, you could be the skip to my boo or skip to my loo or whatever. On, well, no, the that, Body Donald reference. Come on. Now. That is true. Well, that was one of my favorite things that uh, the network has ever posted when they uh, showed the history of uh, Chris Candido and Boo Bradley in Smoky Mountain, and they called it Skip to My Boo. Which I thought was oh, really, well, that was oh, really I, clever. I didn't know they did that. Oh, That's wow. almost too niche for like the general wrestling fan, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's like the the Venn diagram of wrestling fans and like fans <laughs> of early American folk songs. It's great. <laughs> yeah, the, a, a cross section which never meets uh, nearly enough. Um, so yeah, uh, this week um, we have. Uh, we have Mike Bucci, a.k.a. Simon Dean, a.k.a. Nova, who is the newest recipient of a Cello Toys action figure. Now, this completes the triad of Meanie, Big Stevie, and Hollywood Nova, which is very exciting and very satisfying as well, because I hate it when they only make one part of a tag team and never make the other part. So, uh, you know, we're going to be talking to uh, Mike uh, very soon. He's just come back from work, so he may not have too long. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you'll, you'll be smartly dressed. You'll be the most smartly dressed uh, guest I think we've ever had. Uh, sorry, Beanie. Um, you know, I didn't. I didn't see you on camera, but I'm assuming you may not have worn a suit when we uh, when we did our interview. So yeah, That's a safe bet. <laughs> so um, how how have you been over the past week, and uh, how's the uh, chic book uh, coming along? Well, it's been actually the excitement continues to grow. I don't know if I'm okay mentioning other podcasts on here, but uh, is that okay? I, I was the co-host of uh, the 605 Super Podcast, um, and it just came out a, a few days ago. And that's you know one of the hottest and most listened to wrestling podcasts out there, especially not done by a wrestler. Um, and I was so psyched, and I'm getting huge feedback from people that now are. I mean, God, I, I, I don't know if I'm just putting myself over too much here, but I read a lot of wrestling books and I can't remember too many that have been getting as hyped up as much as this one that I wrote. And I wouldn't say that if I didn't believe it was true, because it's crazy. It sort of feels like now I'm feeling like, oh, my God, I hope I don't let everybody down. Um, I've been putting it out on social media for almost two years now when I first started it. So just from there, it's it's gotten crazy. When I was at Cauliflower Alley Club, few weeks ago, I was bumping into people where they, they would hear my name or they would hear me say, oh, yes, I'm, I just finished the Chic book. And they would go to me. I never met these people in my life. And they go, oh, you're that guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, I'm waiting for that book. And I start to think like, wow, it's just crazy how stuff gets out there. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm getting super excited. It, it's up for pre-sale already. So very exciting. Well, that's the thing. And knowing what a WWF fan that you are, like, I didn't know you know, that you were so knowledgeable about like other territories as well. And, you know, I'm not surprised because, you know, you are a savant of, uh, you know, old school wrestling knowledge and uh, lucky to have you involved. Um, so, yeah, go and, go and buy it as well as the uh, the Nova action figure. Now, a little bit of news, the Wembley variant of uh, the giant Haystacks uh, figure from his classic feud with Big Daddy is 
only available for a seven day period from the 10th to the 17th. Now, you know, so you've got to get in there and uh, get one if you want him in his uh, classic brown attire, which you could also double as a Loch Ness figure uh, if um, if you so choose to do so, because there is a Lex Luger figure out there. And uh, I think possibly over, I think he faced Alex Wright. He had like five matches in WCW. We did cover this. Um, yeah. And he was That's undefeated, right. uh, except for maybe the Giant or something like that. So I, I hope that this helps raise the profile of Big Daddy to the point where he'll finally get into the damn Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame because it is a crime that he is not in. And I vote for him every time on, on the ballot. But it's so weird. There, you know, there's there's that bias, I guess, for outside of North America. You know, it's unfortunate unless you're unless it's Japan, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, he's not, they weren't, you know, the, the Dynamite Kids or the Fifth Finleys or et cetera, but they had the biggest money-drawing feud in yeah. British history. I mean, that can't be argued. And, uh, you know, Big Daddy, whose uh, figure is also coming out with his gold top hat and his glittery jacket and everything, it's, it's, it's incredible. And to have members of both families praise the uh, retrospective that we did uh, on uh, Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks is, is quite an honor. My dad would be proud of me with that. Um, and there's a there's actually a, a poster on eBay at the moment, uh, a Big Daddy uh, featured poster, and it says that he's teaming up with Greg Valentine. Now it's not Greg Valentine, even though it's 1985. Well, it can't be Greg Valentine anyway. Uh, it was his nephew who uh, just I'm assuming looks like Greg Valentine. Uh, so you know they just took the name and uh, used it for that. So um, yeah, there's tons of Big Daddy memorabilia out there, and uh, we're honored that uh, this new figure is just you know, going to be the latest chapter of that, as well as the giant haystacks figure, which everyone needs to buy. So yes, without further ado, this is our interview uh, with the one and only Nova Simon Dean, Mr. Mike Bucci. I'm good, man. It's a pleasure to be on the call. I'm I'm glad we're getting this together. Uh, Pretty psyched for the stuff to come out. I mean, I don't know if you guys have really revealed everything yet, but uh, we're pretty excited. So it's going to be, it's going to be an honor to be a part of it. Yeah, by the time the show goes out, uh, the uh, blueprint is, it's all launched on the same day. So I know uh, everyone kind of assumed after a BWO Mini and a BWO uh, Big Stevie Cool, you know, that uh, Hollywood Nova was to come. And uh, I hope, I'm sure people aren't let down by that. Uh, it's amazing that we finally get to complete the the whole BWO group in figure form, <laughs> which has never been done before as well, which is very exciting. And it's a very detailed figure as well. And uh, I know that you have to be happy with it. I honestly, I mean, I had the ECW figure. I had the WB one assignment and whatnot, but like I've always thought for years, I just didn't understand how there wasn't like, hold on a minute, my cat's at the computer. How it wasn't like a motion to, to do a BWO figure. That was just weird to me. Like I thought for sure. I don't know who makes it. Maybe Mattel or I didn't ask the major brothers about this. Cause that's their thing. The major brothers are into the figures. Uh, they Kurt Hawkins and Ryder. They know all about these guys who make them and all that stuff. So, yeah, but I thought for sure, like the, the one that made the WWE guys, like the three packs of figures and the tag team figures and all that. I thought for sure they would have reached out and said, Hey, we want to do a BWO three pack. Cause they made a Stevie one a long time ago. And Stevie had the BWO shirt on. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. They were also making the classic superstars. It was Jack Specific back in the day, and they were making everyone. And you were yeah. signed with the company as well as Simon Dean. So it would they never came to you at all uh, with the intention of a B- It was Nova weird, figure. man. Like, I thought for sure a BWO three-pack would have been probably one of the most sought-after ones of collectors. I thought it would have flown off the shelf. Like, this, when the cello one, we start talking about this, 
I even said to Meany, I go, man, you watch. Like, this is going to come out and do so well that somebody from the figure companies are going to reach out and say, hey, uh, we want to do one too, or whatever it may be. But I, I was never a huge action figure guy when I, when I was growing up. But wrestling-wise, I was, you know, man, I was all about G.I. Joe and He-Man, Transformers and that stuff. Like, I loved wrestling. I bought a couple. But to see, I never knew about, like, the whole underground world of – of action figure collecting is how in-depth it was and how hardcore. And until I got in the major brothers group, the major brother figure podcast group they have on Facebook and they collect them. I had no idea it was to that degree. And a good friend of mine, Richter Von Doom, Rich Lom, he helped me get into Mike Sharps about 30 years ago, uh, wrestling school. He was real big into it back then. And I just, it's incredible. The amount of figures that are out there. Uh, it's ridiculous. I mean, I've been collecting for 30 years as well. And uh, my timeline kind of ends now around 98, 99, because you couldn't, if you tried to collect figures forever, you would just end up with every figure under the sun. Include There are Gemini figures as well, which is, um, you know, I'm sure have people asked you about those and uh, got you to sign any of them? Uh, the Simon, the, yeah. I mean, the Gemini ones, no, but I would. I mean, I love the Gemini. They were great guys. The Shane twins are two of my favorite guys ever. I love them. Uh, yeah, it was fantastic, man. I mean, I just, if, if you're, I mean, there's so many different figures and ones coming out constantly and ones that they're making and new ones and product launches. So to see Chella come out with this and I saw the specs on meanies. I saw a couple other ones. I saw Stevie's I've seen mine, obviously Al Snow's his, they look incredible. I mean, I don't know who the artist is that does that stuff and comes up with these renditions, but I, I, I don't know, man. I love my Simon one. I love my Nova one. This is probably my favorite one when it comes out. Because it's going to be all three of us. That's great. Yeah, Tippy on uh, Instagram, you got to uh, follow him if uh, people haven't followed him yet. His artwork is incredible. And Chella, yeah. don't, Chella don't choose names lightly as well. I mean, they're making, uh, they really pay tribute to who they're making as well, like the Big Daddy and the Giant Haystacks, the biggest UK feud ever, which went on for over, you know, 10 Yes, it's great that that's been immortalized. Same with the BWO figures. But Brian, um, I know that you and uh, you and Mike go back a long, long old while. Yeah, you know, uh, Mike, you may not remember this. Well, well, two things. Um, I first of all, I was in WWE publications when you were in talent relations. I remember. I totally remember. Yeah, you're always a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. But but uh, I also wanted to bring up. You may not remember this when I was first starting out. You know, just like college newspapers, neighborhood papers, just, I used to write and cover all the Brooklyn uh, Indies. And that, and that was when you were in your supernova days. And I, I encountered you very, very early on in your career. And you were like one of the first guys that I interviewed just for like the neighborhood paper back when it was like, you know, like, like it might've been Tommy D show. I was just going to, I swear to God, I was just going to say that there had to be <laughs> Tommy D he ran Long Island. Yep. Uh, he would use Bodyguard for Hire. Yes, myself, he right. Johnny Handsome. Yep. I mean, this, look, guys, I mean, Brian knows this was a different era. My time in the business has come and gone. I am, I'll be 50 years old next year. I started in 1991, late 91, beginning 92. That's how it was back then. You went to all these different indies. You did whatever you could getting your $40 payday, whatever, and you were happy to be on it. Tommy D was a character for sure, uh, but the, the shows were packed. I mean, you had, he would run Mike Dano, Dennis Carluzzo, Dino Santa, all these promoters all over the Northeast. We wrestled for all of them. 
Myself, Rick Ratchet, Donnie B, Devin Storm, Ace Darling. We were at all Reckless oh, wow. Youth was on a bunch of them. Everybody went to all, all the guys. I mean, Rocco Dorsey, Lupus. We were doing all these shows. Yep. And uh, little Guido was Damien Stone. I remember Precious that. Precious Damien Stone. The most un-Italian name you could think of is what <laughs> he had. Precious Damien Stone. Uh, <laughs> yep. Right. Yeah, and, you saw yeah. That's how we started. We didn't. It's a weird deal now, man. Like you have a chance of today, right? Like if you got a little something going on, you could literally get hired by WWE with zero wrestling experience. You go down to NXT and they'll call you. You're going to be Brian Solomon Spades. And you're going to go down there and have this gimmick and you're going to debut on TV like six months. And that's it. Like, that's not how it was 28, 30 years ago. Yeah. You, you have guys there now, you know, cause it's been going on long enough developmental that they're 100% a WWE product. They've never, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, Roman Reigns, right? He's the top guy over. never yeah. worked anywhere else, but there. Yeah. They're not going to either. The mindset yeah. forever was why do we want to take these guys and have to retrain them or break them in bad habits or any of that stuff. And look, the, the business is what it is today. They made a lot of positive strides. It's safer for everybody. I don't necessarily think the guys today, they shouldn't have to go through the trials and tribulations of breaking their bodies down for 20 bucks a night and getting stiffed on paydays. Like all that stuff's gone for the most part. And I'm glad it is. But there was a certain romanticness, I guess, if you want to call it, to loading up a carload of guys and going to the show and getting burgers afterwards and bouncing around a wrestling ring for uh, whatever. I mean, it's just, it was a different day, a different time. That's not what this is anymore. And I don't necessarily know a lot of people that are in this now, they would have done that. And that's okay. I mean, that's not a big deal. And now I feel old too, because I mean, I'm only a, f a few years younger than you. And, and now like I'll see guys that are in the business now that when I was working there and writing for the magazine, they were like children watching it yeah. on television and, and it blows my mind. And even like, you're talking about how you're almost 50 and, and you know, you're done with the business and everything. Like when we spoke back then I was in college and you were just starting out. And I look back on that now and I'm like, wow, it's like my life is just flying by. It's just crazy to think of. Yeah. You know what, man, I, I very rarely ever take stock of it all. I don't look back. I'm always looking forward. I haven't been in full-time wrestling over 15 years. I never will be again. I just cut that part of my life out. I do a couple appearances every now and then or something like that. Uh, I had a great time in it. It got me to where I am today. Taught me a lot of valuable skills. I was always looking to do more. I wasn't going to be a lifer. But when you take stock, I mean, all the things that you saw and what you were part of, it was your childhood dream. You wanted to do it. You accomplished it. So, yeah. I mean, you, 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 you take a bow, man. You were there from the, you, you, you just said it. You were doing a high school paper, like a no yeah. cool thing. And then you're working for WB. So yeah. Yeah, there's something to be fun. said for paying dues in all aspects. And Tommy D was, was an interesting guy. Like you said, I could remember when he would, he would give me these quotes because I would be covering his shows and, and he would give me the, he wanted to really control the message, you know? Oh yeah. And he would give me these like quotes to put in the, the articles. And sometimes they would be these really like cryptic, messages and i would say tommy i don't even know what this means why do you want me and he would go just trust me just put it in there the right people are gonna know what that means don't worry about it you don't need to know and he was he was very a character like you said there aren't people like that in they the don't have those people anymore no. brian pablo they just don't tommy d dennis carluzzo uh mike dano jim kentner dino Santa. uh all these I didn't work for the Savaldi's. Guido did a bunch of uh, Tommy did, yeah. uh, Tommy Dreamer, a bunch Taz did, a bunch of those guys. But 
I mean, I'm talking, I mean, all over, there's just none of those guys anymore. I mean, besides corporal who runs in Maryland, uh, Kevin Matthews and Pat, they do wrestle pro. They do that. Uh, there, uh, there's just not a whole lot of old school promoters that are really out there getting it done. And Paul Roma runs here in Connecticut where I am. I, I, oh, he does. I don't know that. Yeah, huh. yeah he does. My, and, Michael uh, Bryan runs up in Connecticut too. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Northeast yeah. wrestling. Oh God. Yeah. They're, they're huge. Michael Bryan was the first promoter to ever pay me a hundred dollars for one night of wrestling. And I thought I was a millionaire. <laughs> Newburgh, New York at the mid Hudson civic center. My, my, I'm in Hudson. I'm sorry. Mid-Hudson Civic Center. Uh, Michael O'Brien was the first guy to ever pay me a hundred bucks. Now, today, indie guys, they ain't even leaving their house for a certain amount of money. They don't want to. But back then you get 20 or $30 or even any money. It was a plus to get a hundred dollars without being a name. It was unheard of. So what's the mid Mid-Hudson Civic Center uh, doing indie shows at the same time they were doing Raw? Yeah, the, 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 obviously it was a famous building. They used to do TV there many, 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 many years ago. Yeah. And then, you know, they're, if they're not running it, some independents would run it and whatnot. Mike still runs it every now and then to this day, I think. But uh, he d- would always yeah. draw good crowds there. Northeast Wrestling, if you see a banner and Northeast Wrestling is on it, Mike O'Brien, Mike Lombardi, whatever you know the name as, he, uh, his crowds are always going to be good. He has great talent on it. They all get paid well. The fans are there. It's it, That's one of the better shows out there. Okay. Well, besides um, Mike Sharp training you, was he responsible for a lot of your bookings? And how rigorous of a trainer was he? Because you hear <laughs> stories about, you know, his training stuff. Mike was Mike. Mike was a grizzled old timer, big old bear. We all loved Mike. It's how we all came together. The friends that I'm with today, the friend group I have, are all the guys I met from Mike Sharp's 30 years ago. Rick Ratchet, Donnie B, Lupus, uh, uh, CC, The Goon, all of us. Uh, Mike, Mike wasn't in the ring every night teaching us hip tosses and arm drags and all that stuff. Mike's name opened a lot of doors for us. The way we started back in the day was when you first got into business, you went up and did jobs on TV. So he, when they were in the area, he would bring the locals up and we'd all be up there doing our jobs on superstars and wrestling challenge and stuff. And again, this is 1993, 1994, 26, 27 years ago. So this is literally before guys that are on top right now were either not born or they were like five years old. So it's a different era, but my, I was always grateful to Mike. Mike changed my life. Walking into his school changed my life. And co- coming from Mike's school, uh, did the wrestlers that you faced at the time, like the Steiners, et cetera, did they have, was there a level of respect there for Mike? So they knew not to yeah, like, there take was, advantage because they knew we were capable. Yeah. Like, look, let's not fool each other. Like we weren't walking in there. We are, we had our singlet on and our, KH boots and our gear that Adrian Street made or KH major singlet, whatever. And you went there and you, hey, in this court, it's Mr. Hughes versus Mike Bucci or, you know, Adam Bomb versus so and so. I mean, we weren't there to reinvent the wheel. You were up there to take good bumps, not make a fool of yourself, be respectful, and you get to come another day. I mean, that's just how it worked. You can't yeah. do that today. Because if you put a guy who has even a smidge of talent on TV, and you would have jobbed them out like a couple matches like that, the internet would be on fire. This guy got jobbed out. How disrespectful was this? I can't believe they did this to him. They killed his character and all that stuff. So, yeah, you can't do that today. Do you feel that there's uh, – was that one of the things that took a lot of the fun out for you, uh, just the constant critiquing of wrestling to the point where it just isn't fun from the fans? It's not fun at all. I don't, I don't yeah. know. I mean, I don't know. 
when I, I have not went to go see the new James Bond yet, I'll probably go the next couple of days. See, I'm not going to sit there the entire movie and dissect Daniel Jones <laughs> or Daniel uh, Craig's performance. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go see the new Halloween in a couple of weeks. And I'm not going to sit there and say, man, if only Michael Myers or what's his name, if, if uh, Michael Myers moved a little quicker, maybe he was a little more aggressive on his lockup when he grabbed somebody to kill him. Like it just so we know it's theater. We know it's performance. Just enjoy it, man. Like the more we started taking the curtain away and letting people behind the curtain more, it's cool because fans want to see that stuff, but it just kind of kills some of the mystique for me. So, I mean, it's more athletic than ever, but it's harder to keep the fans attention, I think. So, yeah, because now that everybody's in on it or thinks they're in on it, the the fans aren't watching so much to root for one guy to win or they, they just want to be entertained. So it's like before, as long as, you know, they, they were rooting for you, they weren't going to critique your performance. They wanted you to win. They're not going to go, well, Bruno didn't, uh, he, <laughs> I don't like his move set. You know, they just want him to beat the bad guy and win, you know, and then that's. They're changing. applauding the performance. Right. When you right. go out there with your opponent and you present your match, they're, they're applauding the athleticism of the match. That's what they're applauding. They're not sitting there saying, man, that honky tonk, man, he's an SOB and we can't wait to see him get his comeuppance. That's just not what this is anymore. So that's okay. It changed. My most hated guy as a kid right there. You just mentioned, man, I would. (laughs) Yeah. It's just that nobody has heat anymore. Even guys who are heels don't have true heat because it's a different industry because the heel is on TV being a heel. Right. And the next thing you know, you look at social media and he's like, with his wife or the kids, or he's doing something cool, or you see him hang out in his pool, or just it's just a different era, man. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It's hard to be a heel now. I, I put yeah. it on on Twitter the other day. I basically said something like, "Well, you know, we're living in a time where being a heel is only acceptable as long as you don't actually piss anybody off." <laughs> Diamond Dean would have been off TV. Yeah, you're in, fat uh, shaming people. You're fat shaming. Would have been would have been finished. I would have had to quit. So, yeah. it is what it is, man. Were there any suggestions with Simon Dean where even they were like, no, that's too far? No, I never had an ounce <laughs> of feedback, positive night. They just let me do whatever I want. <laughs> I never got a script. I, I got some bullet points every now and then. Uh, nobody ever told me, don't do this, don't do that. No, never. They let me do whatever I wanted to do. Wow. So it, it, when you pulled the, uh, the Simon system drink all over that lady's uh, head, that's one of the most heelish things I think. She didn't know it was coming. She, I, she, I was going to throw it on her, but she never, uh, she never knew it was coming over her head. She thought it was great. I went uh-huh. to the back. Vince thought it was fantastic. She loved it, and that was it. So, but if if you're thinking as a heel, you say I would do this in real life. I want to be an ass. An ass. I would do that. Mm-hmm. So that's why I did it. Yeah, no one expected that. It still seems unexpected now when you see it. Because Today I'd have been fired. Yeah. I would have been fired as soon as I got in the back. <laughs> and that's okay, man. It's not. It's a different business. It's a different entity. It's making more money than ever. I think it's going to be more of a TV product going forward, to be honest. I think the days of guys learning, working four nights a week, learning how to have 30-minute matches, it's over. They're not okay. going to need to do that anymore. They're just going to create content for TV and just go from there. So well, AEW doesn't do any house shows, and there's talk that WWE may be finally pulling the plug on them eventually. So I don't know. I mean, I mean if they're losing money on the house shows, I mean, you have to have an arena full of people. To pay for the parking, the the super, all that stuff. There's so much that goes, all so many expenses that go into a live event. If you're not going to break even on it, just do the television product and put the content out. I mean, yeah, that, the, the, the business has changed. Yeah, and it has to, or else the business don't be fooled. If I asked you 50 years ago, do you think roller derby ever go away? You'd say nope. If I asked you 10 years ago, do you think Ringling Brothers Circus would ever go away? Nope. They've been around 100 years. 
But when the TV was there to build the house shows, and I mean, when you watch all those old superstars and challenges, they'll build up to some house show main event that you'll never get to see because, you know, no, because uh, it's not on the network. On TV now. Mm, it's on right. TV. You yeah. got to see the superstars displayed themselves on the smaller matches, and then they built up interest in angles. They have a little bit of action on TV. And then they would take that whole angle around the house show loop, and the fans got to see it, usually sometimes a definitive winner, but usually some kind of gimmick. And then the payoff is on the pay-per-view. So yeah. were, there any, um, were there any house shows as Simon Dean or any kind of runs that weren't on TV that you particularly liked just doing the house shows? I loved the house shows. I hated doing television. Television was too quick. You had to run. You were on cues for everything. You had to cut your stuff out. House shows, you can go a lot longer. You can do whatever you got to do out there. You can engage the crowd a lot more. You can actually acknowledge them. You learned how to work on the house shows. You tried some stuff out. Hey, that looked pretty good, man. I'll do that on TV next week, especially if you wrestle an opponent. You got something coming up. That's how you try. A lot of the guys, when they would have their pay-per-view matches, they would have those pay-per-view matches on the house shows for a couple weeks, if not a month, and then mm-hmm. have that on the pay-per-view. That's once they worked out the kinks. So, yeah, it just seems yeah. like an evergreen sort of uh, character because everyone's going to get offended if you call them fat. <laughs> I'd be done. Yeah, there's no way I could do it today. And I wouldn't have compromised. I'm not so, going to go out there and do and make fun of somebody and turn around. I'm not only kidding, man. It's not a big deal. I just couldn't do it. So, and that's okay. I was a throwback guy. I couldn't survive in today's industry. And that's, that's fine with me, man. It passed me by. Um, I'm glad for the gatekeepers of it today. There's a lot of young, talented kids out there. I'm glad they're getting their break. They're getting to live their dream. But this passed me by a generation ago, and that's fine. Do you think that there's like a lot of names that should admit that who, who haven't done that yet, admitted that wrestling has passed them by and it's fine that it has? I don't care because even if it's passed them by, if they still want to go out there and do it, you can pick their brain. You get to be a part of them and I'm sure they're loving it. They still want to be a part of it. Take them for as long as you can because when this generation of guys, maybe the guys from the mid 90s, late 90s, 2000s, when they're done, they're done. Mm. Like and all that experience and history goes with them. So you're not going to get that anymore. Careers now are going to be like 10 years long. That's it. Mm. Yeah, at, what, I think. at what point did the nostalgia end of people's interest in Nova and Simon Dean kick in? Was it really at the start of the ECW relaunch? Uh, because now with I mean, I conventions guess. and everything and with action figures and merch and everything. It yeah, just, I mean, well, my always biggest success has always been at the BWO. People yeah. kind of like Simon Dean. They always knew me as Nova. But they knew me as the trio with Meanie and Stevie. That was always my biggest thing. I, I don't even want to do conventions or anything like that unless we're doing the BWO. Uh, it's what I like to do the most. But if somebody got a kick out of any of my personalities, whatever, me, that's great, man. They were a fan. They supported me, and I owe them. You know, without the fans, we had nothing. People forget that. I don't know why they do, but wrestling fans, uh, they, made the, they, made, they made our world go round. So without them, it had been a short night. Hmm. When, when you had your uh, your simon dean action figure what was the process with that because i know they scanned the faces so did they get you to do lots of different facial expressions Uh, yeah i remember sitting in a truck and they had this 3d scan thing and they took all the images of your face and body things and all this and that and all that stuff so yeah it was a process it was easy I feel there was more room for more simon because when you moved to the purple gear and the lime green gear yeah that's why i did it yeah that's why i did the purple outfit that's why i did the lime green one that's why I did a bunch of different ones because I the figured they were just scooter. a couple different actions. Yeah. Oh, it would have been a great toy. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. But they didn't. That's fine. Wasn't, it wasn't no harm, no foul. Mm-hmm. You know, they had other guys to make 17 figures of, I guess. But uh, 
you know, I, I enjoyed my time. It was time to move on. That was it. And I'm good, man. I'm grateful for everything I got out of it. I love what I do now in my life. It's just uh, wrestling was a, a good part of my life, but it wasn't the most important part. It wasn't. And mm -hmm. uh, I'm grateful for the fans who made it possible and what? who are going to support the project now. Absolutely. When you say that, though, do you feel that some of the fans feel what wrestling isn't your life and feel let down by it? Like, are they kind of like, yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah. there's difference. Yeah. I, there's boys in the business that are like that sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Like, boys in a bit of heat with you or they hate you or whatever it may be. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's fine, man. I don't have heat with anybody. I don't care what anybody does. Mm -hmm. I wish them all the best of luck. I hope they win the Powerball tomorrow. I mean, I don't know what. It's just good luck to the man. I mean, it just, it is what it is. So, you know, not going like too far into it, but when you were the, the head of uh, developmental. And... I hated it. I hated it. I yeah. liked, I, we liked hiring people, but to see people get fired or not get a chance and just to see that underside of it completely disenfranchised. It seems like I mean, a thankless task that you had. Uh, certainly. That sucked. I mean, I, I like, I hired Seamus, Drew, Santino, a bunch of other guys, but when they're firing people, you just see how it all works. It just wasn't for me, man. That's not what I'm about. It never was. I just wanted to use it to help increase my resume to get a spot in the real world. So, I mean, it was never, I never viewed wrestling as my entire life. I'm sorry to say that, but I'm still, I'll still watch it every now and then. And one of the guys on, I'm cool with see one of my friends or catch something, but no, nah, I'm good. So was it when you were wrestling or was it even before then when you were, say, at university, et cetera, when you uh, gained your qualifications and skills for what you do now? Was it always a long-term plan to move out of wrestling? At an 100%, early, yeah. Early never, I, I never pictured myself being 50 years old on the road, living out of a suitcase, hanging out after, I, I don't know. I mean, it's great that people do that. It just wasn't for me. I knew it wasn't going to be for me. Hmm. So and that's fine. I mean, other people it is. And I hope they crush it because they, they want those spots and they can have them. So I don't want to work behind the scenes. I don't want to be an agent. I don't want to be a coach. I don't want to be a trainer. I do nothing. I wish all the boys that are doing that, I wish them all the best. They got a lot of qualified guys. There's a lot of guys passing on the knowledge, which a lot of the young talents should be grateful for. But it just wasn't in the cards for me. And that's, I'm good. Well, you know, Pablo, too, it's like what you were saying. There are a lot of guys that don't know when to walk away i mean that that's the other side of it like and and they sacrifice so much to it without ever having an exit strategy or what are they going to do after or saving money or things like that i mean you see those tragedies happen all the time so you know i mean it, it's not the worst attitude in the world to have believe me to actually know when it's time to move on with your life you know yeah, it's it's hard to love something so much that's never going to love you back the same way. And that's just is what it is, man. That's a lot of different things, right? So it's being on a relationship that's one-sided or a marriage is one-sided, whatever it may be. It's just it, not everybody feels that same way. For me, I did. And it was easy to move on. How many cats do you have? Uh, just the one. Just the She's one. in the back of the computer. She wants to eat, too. I got home late. so. <laughs> but I appreciate the call, guys. I know, I know Cella Toys has got the figure coming out. We're excited for it. All the oh, yeah. specs will be getting dropped on Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. You'll finally get to own the BWO. Is a, a, I don't know if it'll be a three-pack, probably three individually. But uh, keep your eyes out for it, everybody who's listening to it. It's going to be incredible. My understanding is that it is going to be free individually, but they are so highly detailed. Um, that's the thing with I these. Uh, with I, I say it all the time, but with the Chella action figures, they're not reused parts. They're all individually molded from head to toe. And yeah. I, know, I know that a lot of the times the wrestlers have input into how the figure looks and which attires they would like. Oh, I helped design it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I absolutely did. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so what were the choices that you were thinking of for different attires and you settled on 
uh, one that Cello went with? It's a yellow and blue one. Mm. So it's a yellow and blue, yeah. It's maybe the most eye-catching one, but that also leaves room for hopefully more uh, Nova action figures as well because it's Meanie's second figure. So I think that... Uh, we'll see. Yeah. If there's a calling for it and people want it, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Well, I always say that people need to buy like 100 and plaster the walls with them or at least bring them to conventions to get signed because I know that you're, you're not doing too many of these, but uh, has uh, did COVID change a lot? I mean, have you not done any conventions since COVID? No, I just don't have the desire to either. I'd rather a lot of the guys, I don't do Pro Wrestling Tea Store. I don't do Cameo. I don't bunch of those things. I mean, a lot of guys do. I'd rather them do it. The Nova action figure will be available at cellatoys.net. Everyone needs to again buy various versions of it and uh like i say plaster your walls with it and uh, complete that bwo complete triad of bwo and beat up your adam bomb action figures and stuff like that so uh yeah uh, mike i want to thank you again for being a part of the cello toys podcast thanks guys brian good to see you again man good to see you too okay Bye, fellas Thank you to Mike, a.k.a. the one and only Nova. Now, if you are looking to complete your triad of BWO Cello Toys action figures, visit cellotoys.net to pre-order the new Nova action figure. Check out the blueprints. It looks amazing. Now, you can also find Cello Toys on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, where you will be kept up to date. Sign up to their mailing list as well. And, of course, continue to tune in to the Cello Toys official cello toys podcast on grapple arcade now my other show turn chuckle if you want to hear me interview lots of various wrestlers and talk very nerdy things about wrestling uh, with alex tempest and with legends both past and present find turn chuckle on instagram and brian solomon brian r solomon on instagram to find out more information about the upcoming chic book which we are all very excited about so yes i can't wait for you to find out what the next announcement from Cello is going to be. I know what it is because I'm on the inside, you see. It's a wonderful position to be in. I can't tell you. Even if you tickle me, even if you give me tickle torture, I will definitely not tell you uh, who is going to be announced next in the Cello Toys line. So um, you could bribe me, though. No, you can't bribe me. No, you definitely can't. Um, So, so, uh, yeah, thank you again. And we will see you next week with... The announcement of the next Cello Toys action figure, it's very, very exciting.